I'm Larissa, and I want to help you find the best strategy for communicating the magic and wonder of your jewelry brand so you can thrive by doing what you love and filling the world with beauty and creativity. Welcome to the Joy Joya Jewelry Marketing Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Larissa Worstiak. On this podcast, I explore topics in digital marketing for jewelry designers and retailers, including branding, content, email, events, social media, and more. This is episode 81, and today I'll be sharing my interview with Liana Kadisha Cohn, the co-founder of Switch, which is a jewelry rental service that you may be familiar with. Switch gives customers the opportunity to borrow unlimited designer, fine, one-of-a-kind, and vintage jewelry for a monthly subscription fee. In addition, Switch sells the jewelry it rents, and they also buy jewelry from customers in exchange for cash, membership credit, or credit for purchase. If you're watching this episode on YouTube, then you'll see I'm currently wearing some Nadine Asoy earrings that I rented from Switch, and then in the interview, I'm wearing some neon pink Allison Liu hoops. In this episode, we chat with Liana about the inspiration behind Switch, why innovation matters in the jewelry industry, and what the future holds for consumer shopping habits. We cover questions like, how much did you look to other fashion accessory rental companies like Rent the Runway as a model for your own brand? In your marketing and sales strategies, where do you place more of your focus on acquiring new subscription customers or on converting existing subscription customers into buyers? And who are some of the designers you partner with and what makes them a good fit for the Switch brand? Before we get to the interview, I wanted to share an exciting new promo package that jewelry photographer Elaine Simic and I are offering together. You may remember the talented Elaine from episode 29. If not, you should definitely go back and listen to that one. We're offering jewelry brands a branding and photography jumpstart, which includes a kickstart vision call, a brand audit, one hour of personalized marketing coaching, an editorial still life mini photo shoot with Alan, in my opinion, the most exciting part of all this, and a PDF guidebook that offers best practices for using those images in your marketing campaigns. This is a limited time offer available to new clients only through June 30th. If you'd like the details and to get more information, you can visit joyjoya.com promo. I also wanted to share some marketing-related news and insights from the past week that caught my attention. In an ongoing battle to penetrate the luxury fashion industry, Amazon recently launched Common Threads, a new platform with the CFDA for luxury designers to sell online. However, leaders in the luxury retail industry are pushing back against this platform, saying that Amazon has done nothing to truly address their retail needs. In an interview with Glossy earlier this year, Tina Lutz, the founder of Lutz Morris, said, quote, nothing about it is a good fit for a luxury product, end quote. It seems like only a matter of time before Amazon starts trying to partner with luxury jewelry brands. But will those brands be open to it? Only time will tell. 
How will the COVID-19 pandemic change the in-store retail experience moving forward? According to one recent article from NBC, quote, customers should expect virtual try-on tools, styling via app, and returns that are quarantined for 72 hours, end quote. We're definitely going to see brands being overly cautious, and they'll be completely reinventing the in-store experience in ways that probably we would have never imagined pre-pandemic. To support retailers, the Retail Industry Leaders Association and the National Retail Federation actually released a joint blueprint for shopping safe, which has been serving as a guide for many companies that just aren't really sure how to structure their in-store retail experience moving forward. And finally, after Mother's Day, MVI Marketing shared research showing that jewelry and watch consumers bought jewelry and watches for the holiday despite the COVID-19 pandemic. Of the 83% of husbands who bought their wife or partner a Mother's Day gift, 57% bought jewelry and 13% bought a watch. Daughters bought a gift 80% of the time with 31% buying jewelry and 5% buying a watch for their mom. And of the 83% of sons who bought a gift, 47% bought jewelry and 11 selected a watch. We'd love to hear about how Mother's Day impacted your sales. It seems according to this data, that jewelry is still an extremely popular gift for Mother's Day. If you want to get the links to the articles I share in this segment of the podcast, you can sign up for my email newsletter by visiting joyjoya.com slash sign up, and you'll get a digest with the links whenever a new episode drops. All right, let's jump right into my interview with Liana. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk to Liana about Switch and how the company is bringing the rental model to fine jewelry. Be sure to visit the Switch website, that's joinswitch.com, and to connect with Switch on Instagram, at Switch. I look forward to sharing more interviews with you. So how and when did you and Adriel originally get the idea to start Switch? Was it something that you really like craved for yourself as a consumer? Um, and what were the first steps? So it was two kind of parallel processes. Um, Elliot and Adriel, who are brothers, uh, their mom is actually a jewelry designer and they worked with her on kind of a family business originally. And there was something that happened, which is a customer uh, who had worn her piece in public and they had seen her wanted to return her necklace. And uh, Elliot and Adriel's mom accepted the return and the boys were infuriated. You know, they were like, someone took advantage of you. They got their use out of it, but then they don't have to pay for uh, wearing the jewelry. And their mom was very gracious and said, you know, jewelry is not really uh, used. It doesn't get scuffed. It's not a problem. Um, and so you, nobody can really tell the difference. Uh-huh. And so to them, that sparked an idea uh, to be able to rent jewelry. And independently, um, I studied at Stanford and I took a class called Startup Garage. Um, and while I was there, I worked on an apparel rental uh, subscription company. And at the time, Rent the Runway wasn't doing subscriptions. And this idea of subscription in retail, especially jewelry, didn't really exist. And so the two of us kind of came together, um, him with his insight. He was bootstrapping originally. 
kind of buying pieces as uh, a very beta version uh, of customers were trying to rent pieces from the website. Um, and then we, we joined forces uh, to really launch Switch. Wow, that's so cool. And originally, I actually was an investor in uh, Adriel's company, and I loved the idea so much and was so active that I decided to come on. We all decided for me to join full-time as a co-founder um, just because I loved the idea so much and had a lot of feedback. So it was a good yin and yang where our, our uh, expertise was complementary to one another. Wow. Very cool. So how much did you guys look to some of those? I know you mentioned like the fashion rental companies. How much did you look to companies like Rent the Runway as a model for your own brand? And maybe in what ways are you different from those companies? Sure. So the most unique thing when we started Switch was this idea of subscription jewelry. Uh, or, you know, subscription and retail in general was not happen happening very much. But the idea of the sharing economy had already taken off, whether that's with Airbnb or Spotify with streaming music uh, or other categories. And the clothing, apparel, jewelry industries were behind. Um, and to me, jewelry is the perfect product for rentals because it doesn't get... Uh, kind of ruined in the same way clothing does when it's worn many times and it's really built to last generations. So the same necklace that your grandmother had worn, uh, you could still be wearing today and get the same amount of value for that wear. Um, and so that was really the thesis behind Switch originally and this idea that you can have this shared closet and continuously switch between pieces in and out with no expiration dates or deadlines that cause anxiety uh, for a lot of rental customers. Um, when in other companies or industries, uh, there might be expiration dates or, or other confining uh, timeframes. That seems like a no-brainer. <laughs> it, you know, it really is to us. We think that it's a win-win both for the business and for the customer because you can rent a piece of ours that at retail costs $700 for $29 a month uh, and have free unlimited exchanges so you can borrow any piece that you want and switch it any time that you want. Mm -hmm. So I really do see it as a win-win um, and it's a very fun way to explore new types of jewelry, pieces that you wouldn't necessarily uh, want to invest your money in for a purchase um, and just have fun with it. Totally. So how has the brand evolved since those early stages when you were, you know, bootstrapping, as you were saying? Um, what changes have you implemented and how have you grown over that time? Sure. We definitely keep the mentality that good companies must always be evolving based on feedback, based on kind of learning new things and trying to push the envelope on what is the best experience we can offer our customers? So we've done that in a few ways. Um, one of the ways is, you know, we're changing our packaging. Another way is that we're adding new features like um, the notification system. So now when somebody borrows a piece, if the piece that they want to borrow next is uh, currently fully out or fully borrowed, 
they can put a notification on that item so that as soon as it comes back, they get an email and could rent that piece out. Um, so that's a, that's a relatively new feature that we've added. Um, we've also added a trade-in program. So we're buying jewelry now from the public, which is very exciting. Uh, so anybody who has jewelry who's interested in selling to us, um, you can just email hello at joinswitch.com. I'll put a little plug in there. Um, but we've, we've really iterated on a lot of different parts of the business, even the styles that we carry. So originally we started with a lot of vintage jewelry and now we've also moved into fine jewelry um, with many amazing brands. And so we're constantly looking for new and exciting things to offer our members. Mm -hmm. Are you making those changes based on customer feedback and data? Um, what is guiding your decisions moving forward? So part of it is definitely customer feedback, but part of our job as a company is also to anticipate what would make our users happy. Um, sometimes they don't even know what could add to their experience. So feedback is definitely helpful for pain points. Um, when you see that customers are struggling to sign on or do something or input information somewhere, um, that's a place where we take a lot of customer feedback. And in terms of innovation and creating new things that just simply didn't exist before, that's where we really just brainstorm as a team and have um, this kind of idea generating group within our company uh, to produce new features and um, exciting aspects. So who is this target customer that you are constantly trying to delight and impress with your service offerings? So our target customer is a professional, tech-savvy, stylish woman, uh, generally between the ages of 20 and 40, who is used to shopping online, enjoys a curated, beautiful experience, and wants her shopping experience to be efficient, personalized, and, um, you know, but really wants access to those pieces. She, she really likes the value that Switch offers, um, but she's not necessarily looking for a budgeted thing. She's, she's willing to spend the money as long as there's value. And so we do actually see purchasing behavior for many of our customers because you can fall in love with a piece and then not want to send it back. You just end up purchasing that item. And there will be always a spot for purchases, but the goal of our company is really to get this jewelry into the hands of all these women who want to try new things and who want to switch up their looks um, and really make that process seamless for them by giving them a curated selection of jewelry that they're going to love, giving them, uh, constantly giving them new options um, and just making it very easy for them to send their piece back and be in the process. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I think is super interesting about your company is that not only do you have the rental model, but you also you know, offer the pieces up for sale. Um, so you kind of touched upon this in your previous answer, but like in terms of marketing, are you placing more of your focus towards 
acquiring new subscription customers or is there also a marketing push to like convert sales and like is it a mix how much is one toward that versus the other so our best marketing is referrals so our number one goal is to make our experience so positive for our members that they're willing to go out and share uh, their experience with their friends so that's the most exciting and the most prized uh, group of kind of marketers for us um, after that in terms of paid marketing we try to put out content whether it's in our weekly newsletters or on our website or on social media that represents the brand so that people can feel a connection to the brand can feel an affinity to the the curation we've provided of different upcoming brands and um, and exclusives that we have. Um, and so that's kind of our secondary track. Uh, we've also had a bunch of influencers who have liked using our product. And so we, you know, they sign up themselves and they've been big evangelists for our company um, because, you know, they're constantly trying to switch up their own looks. So mm -hmm. it's a perfect service for them. Um, and we're very happy to have a lot of them as our members. Would you say that there's a marketing tactic, tactic that works the best for you or is it a combination of all these things together? I'd say it's a combination. You definitely want to have multiple touch points with your future members. And um, we do definitely want to be getting our branding and our messaging out there because so many people haven't heard of us yet. And so we're re really in the stage where we're reaching out to all these uh, potential customers to share with them what our value proposition is. And there are many different ways to do that. Like I said, the influencers really help because they show their own authentic experience. Um, but I'd say that the most productive uh, way to market our service is really through authentic experiences of current members. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to the influencer marketing, did I understand that correctly, that you're not actively seeking them or, pay, or doing paid partnerships with them? They're actually just using your service? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's how it started. And, you know, as we continue to grow, we would love to do partnerships as well. Um, but many of them have signed up on their own and just really enjoy using the service. And that makes us feel very proud. Yeah. Well, it seems very well suited and like the perfect marketing tactic for you because you're helping them, you know, provide more content. So in a way they should be super grateful, you know, for that. We help each other. <laughs> yeah. That's, that makes a lot of sense. So I did want to point out, I didn't mention I'm wearing my, uh, Allison Lou, Lou site hoops that I rented from switch fun. <laughs> so I, I'm curious like to know more about the designers that you do partner with, obviously Allison Liu being one of them. And how do you go about deciding that someone is a good fit for Switch? Is it like price points, materials, design, etc.? What is the process of bringing a new designer on board? Sure. So there are a lot of different factors. And like I said before, we have a lot of vintage jewelry and jewelry that's sold to us from our members and the public as well. So the Chanel, Hermes, a lot of those pieces are even 20 years old um, and still have a lot of interest from our members. 
Um, in terms of the new designers and wholesale partners that we have, we have a lot of different things that we think about. So we think about the materials that are used, the durability of these products, um, the style, curation. Uh, we definitely want the, the fashion trends to be in line with what our uh, target customer would like to see. We're trying to really match that and create a product, create a service that people come to and everything they see they love. So as we continue to grow, that will become a more personalized process. But there are lots of ways that we try and find new designers. And that's something that I personally spend a lot of my time doing, uh, whether that's going to shows and discovering new designers or looking through social media or, you know, asking someone on the street, you know, where they got their earrings from. Uh, we love unique designs and designers with a strong point of view. Um, Matteo is an example of a designer who I love, who we've brought on in the past year, um, Sophie Ratner as well. Um, and both of them are in the fine jewelry category and they work with, you know, real diamonds and gold and provide a lot of value uh, to our members. Mm -hmm. What do you kind of require from those designers when they partner with you? I mean, are, are you buying the stock outright or is it like on memo with you? How does that work? So, so we really want to support the designers. And so we do buy it outright. Um, we buy it at wholesale outright and we really work with the designers so that they can continuously improve. We give feedback on their designs you know, whether it's about the durability of their product or about how many likes their product has gotten or, you know, the actual renting experience. So in terms of anonymized data, we give them the, the length of a, a, rent, of, of a rental for a certain item. So how long will people be borrowing this product? Is it a seasonal item or is it a year-round item? Mm -hmm. um, and... All of these different data points are very useful for some for our designers, um, and so I think we're really providing a value back to them as well. Great. I'm also so you mentioned the vintage pieces that a lot of them are sold back to you. Is that your main way of acquiring them, or do you also have another way that you're getting these vintage pieces on the site? We have another way as well. We work with dealers around the world, so. I didn't mention this earlier, but my co-founders and I all have family backgrounds in jewelry. My mom was a jeweler, antique jewelry dealer. And like I mentioned before, Elliot and Adriel's mom is a um, jewelry designer as well. Our moms actually used to go to jewelry shows in Las Vegas back in the day together. Um, so we really you know, grew up together. But we do have a network of jewelry uh, vintage dealers around the world. And so we work with them to acquire many of our vintage pieces. Mm -hmm. Do you find that it seems like a really great selling point, especially that you have those vintage pieces because I don't think anyone else is really doing that. So I'm sure that you acquire a lot of new subscriptions just for the fact that people want to get those vintage pieces. Do you find that it later helps them transition into some of the other more contemporary fine designers or do people tend to stick with like the preferences that they have? Yes, that's exactly right. A lot of times people come to our site 
because of the brands that they're familiar with, the brands that have big names, um, and they have a lot of familiarity with them. So it's very comfortable. They know the quality that they're going to get. And once they come onto the site, they develop a relationship with Switch and a level of trust. So once they're on the site, they know that we're providing good quality products and they're willing to try a new brand that they've never heard of because they like the style and they believe that what they're going to get is going to be in great condition, great value. Um, and so we do these newsletters to showcase new pieces that someone may have not seen before and also showcase new designers. So we oftentimes do designer interviews and have a whole editorial section of our company as well to really help with the discovery process of our members. Mm -hmm. How often are you adding new pieces to the site? Is it on a seasonal basis? Is it like as you partner with a new designer? Is it around trends? Like what's your strategy for introducing new products? So we introduce new products on a weekly basis, um, but we also hold back certain pieces for, you know, a seasonal report or um, potentially launching the designer on our site. So sometimes we hold product back just for a temporary period so that when we really showcase them, everything's available at once. Mm -hmm. um, but most of the time, we're just continuously adding things to the site. And based on our user behavior, we're using that information to inform our buying and planning so that we can provide an even better service uh, as we continue to grow. Great. So I'm, I love talking to people that are doing innovative stuff in the jewelry space. And it sounds like you're really trying to push the envelope and offer something that's not out there for customers. You probably more than a lot of people understand, like, what does the future hold for consumer shopping habits when it comes to purchasing versus renting versus browsing or whatever about jewelry. Do you have thoughts about that? What does the future hold? What can we expect from consumer behavior? Of course, it's something we're constantly thinking about. And I think that renting is definitely uh, growing. So the number of people who are comfortable renting, just things in general, has grown tremendously over the past 10, 20 years, and it's continuing to grow. So many other companies have really been the leaders in, um, in creating a sense of comfort around renting, feeling, letting customers feel that they're still going to get that great quality experience. Um, and so we've really come in line with that model and we want to continue to push renting because the truth is that you will get more value uh, by borrowing pieces from Switch than buying it and only wearing it once a year. So it's better for, you know, environmentally it's better. It's better to share your pieces so that there's less waste. And that's really something that we actually think about internally in the company. It's not so much something that we're using in our messaging and marketing, but we're very thoughtful about how our, um, how our business affects our environment and our community. Um, and with COVID-19, you know, it was still top of mind. We actually donated uh, many masks to local hospitals. And it's just part of our DNA that we want to care about the communities. Uh, but going back to what you were saying earlier about renting versus 
buying, um, the renting is definitely growing, but I think there will always be a spot for buying. So when you find something that you just do not want to give up, um, there is definitely an urge to buy it and keep it and have it forever. Um, and you know, when someone buys you a gift that's sentimental, they, you know, a wedding ring, you're not going to be renting your wedding ring. So there's definitely a category for purchasing. Um, but I do think that the overall share of buying versus renting is going to increase in the renting side. Mm. Interesting. So you, you touched a little bit upon the COVID-19 uh, efforts that you've been doing with donating masks. That's amazing. Good job with that. Um, how, do you, how has the coronavirus pandemic affected your business? And um, how have you kind of shifted in the past couple months to um, adjust to the current economic climate? Of course. So the biggest change is that we've adjusted some of our internal practices to make sure that we're in line with all the updates and regulations. Um, and so we make sure that anyone who's shipping out orders is properly uh, protected. That's our number one concern is, you know, we would never want anybody to be getting sick because of this service. Um, and so luckily that was pretty easy for us to implement because we already have a lot of safety practices in place. All the jewelry that comes in is already sanitized um, to uh, commercial grade machines. So we weren't too worried about that, but we did have to make some adjustments. Um, and in terms of our growth, just as a business in general, um, we have pulled back from some of our goal targets just because you know so many people are staying at home. But I'm very happy to report that our business has been, uh, you know, minimally impacted. We've basically been neutral and our members have been staying with us and new members have been signing up. So I feel very grateful that um, I have a business that's sustainable in that way. Uh, I think for a lot of people, it's escapism. They like to look at beautiful things online when they're stuck at home and get cute packages in the mail. So uh, I'm happy to be potentially adding to the joy in someone's day when um, there's a lot of heavy news out there right now. So there are definitely things to look forward to. I can 100% relate to that because even though I don't have anywhere to go, I still like getting my switch package and like dressing up at home. <laughs> it makes yeah. me feel better. <laughs> We have seen another shift as well in terms of the behavior. Uh, a lot of people have shifted from some of the bigger statement pieces to more everyday pieces that they're probably wearing at home and just don't take off. Um, and so we have seen a little bit of a shift in the types of pieces that are being hmm. borrowed right now yeah. or purchased. Um, but we just want to support our members and hopefully make their days a little bit brighter. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts about what the future holds for e-commerce jewelry uh, post-COVID-19 or how you're preparing for beyond this? Sure. I'm very optimistic. Um, I'm hoping that COVID-19 will not affect our daily lives um, in this great of a way for very long. And so I think very soon people are going to be able to start going 
back out into their communities and back to work. And um, it may change the work from home culture uh, for a very long time, if not indefinitely. I think people have become a lot more comfortable working from home and companies have learned to adapt to that way of working, which I think is great for many people, for working moms, for all sorts of people. So it's good that we're adapting as a society to um, our, our uh, citizens' needs. Um, but I'm very optimistic. I mean, our growth targets um, have not really changed um, within the next year. So we're still planning to grow. Um, and we're very optimistic on um, the the, on the time frame on when things will go back to uh, normal-ish. <laughs> yes, normal-ish. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to share about like future plans that you guys have or you want to plug anything about the brand, exciting initiatives that you're doing right now? I'd love to hear any anything we haven't covered of course so the most exciting thing we're working on now is the trade-in program we're really making it more robust so you're able to now send in your pieces for months of membership or purchase credit um or you know just cash and we just buy your pieces from you uh but that's a new um it's it's a relatively new aspect of our business and we're focused on making that the best we can. Um, but I think that's what I'm most excited about. We also have a bunch of designers who I can't release the names of yet, um, but we're very excited to be launching their brands as soon as things get back to normal-ish. <laughs> Are you open to solicitation from independent designers or do you prefer to kind of seek them out yourself? We actually love independent designers um, to reach out to us because, you know, it's impossible to know and to know and be aware of every new jewelry designer that's out there. Um, and we really view our business as a platform that supports many other small businesses uh, because we buy from them and they have product on our site. So you know, whether you're in uh, Brazil or Ukraine and you have a jewelry company, I'd love to hear about you. Um, please email us because we're constantly looking for talented designers wherever they may be. That's great. Well, thanks so much for your time, Liana. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to learn more about Switch. And I, I'm already a fan, so it was cool to like learn the behind the scenes stuff. Thank you, Larissa. Yeah. Um, it was so nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. It was such a pleasure to be able to talk to Liana about Switch and how the company is bringing the rental model to fine jewelry. Be sure to visit the Switch website, that's joinswitch.com, and to connect with Switch on Instagram, at Switch. I look forward to sharing more interviews with you. Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. For more information about marketing services for your jewelry brand, visit joyjoya.com, where you can download our free ebook, Proven Conversion Strategies for E-Commerce Jewelry Retailers.